a warning that this podcast contains swearing and use of explicit sexual language, therefore it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. Or anyone who thinks a good whipping is only done in the Grand National. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Smut Drop, a weekly roundup of the more eccentric side to sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Jackie Azadeji. And I'm Miranda Kane. And on this week's show, we'll be discussing swingers holidays, chatting to Megan Barton Hansen about the new era of porn, and hearing what you said when we asked our fabulous listeners how you discovered your fetishes. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review, or at least subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready, Miri? Oh, Jackie, I am at the starting line ready for the gun. <laughs> Jackie. Yeah? Where do you like to go on holiday? Oh, uh, Ibiza. Ibiza? Ibiza. Would you consider going on a swingers cruise? Not with me. Don't worry. This isn't an invite. <laughs> <laughs> Because in this week's weird news, mm. we have got a how I do it mm. section from yes. a little known newspaper. How many times can I make this joke from Metro? <laughs> and here we have Alexandra Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It sounds weirdly familiar. A 32-year-old <laughs> from California. Mm-hmm. And she goes into her week on a swingers cruise. Oh, fun. I know. How amazing. And what I love about this is it's all about the community. So she starts off quite graphic. She's like, we're lying in bed waking up with my husband's leg between my legs as you should Mm. well done Alexandra Hamilton and then goes on to just say that what they enjoy is actually just having the community around them they were looking more to make friends and to meet new people Mm -hmm. and to connect with the people that they already know until it gets to Wednesday, and that's when it gets absolutely fucking steamy. Oh my God, tell me about Wednesday. Wednesday is focused on a masturbation workshop. Okay. How amazing is that? I'd love to go to a masturbation workshop. But she was saying how much of it, we always think about masturbation and we always focus on the orgasm. Mm. But in this session, it was about bringing pleasure to the body and Ooh. spirit, aligning genitals with the heart. Oh, okay. I All like very frou-frou. I love it. I listened to my husband moan beside me as I anointed my body in coconut Ooh, oil. Oh, anointed like we're in church. Mm. I love it. Okay. Take yeah. me to church. <laughs> Delighting at the sensation of feeling my fingers Tracing across my skin. Eventually, I let my hands make their way down, slowly working up to a beautiful, long orgasm that left me speechless. I want that orgasm. I want a speechless orgasm. The listeners want me to have a speechless orgasm. (laughs) Would you go? Never say never. I think for now I'm good. (laughs) But never say never. What about you? I think the community aspect. Yeah, that sounds yeah, lovely. That sounds quite nice. Yeah. But considering I still get a bit shy about putting my swimming costume on at the local swimming pool. Right. <laughs> I don't know whether I can sit on the deck with it all hanging out. Mm. Not that that's obligatory <laughs> here, but, you know. But I imagine it's such a safe space, you know, where everyone's just, you know, there's something yeah. around like, I don't know. I suppose it's because I did a naked catwalk, but there's something nice around everyone being naked. And then you realise, like, no one really cares. Like, no one's really watching your body. I you know quite I mean? like that what you did there was just slip in. You did a naked catwalk. And I then did, yeah. On. What was that for? So that was last year for this artist called Sophie T. It was me and 50 other women. Yeah. We walked a catwalk covered in body paint. But yeah. 
you know, naked. And it was the most liberating thing I've ever done. You know, in front, I've walked, you know, in front of lots of people, lots of, there's lots of pictures of me naked and things, but it was, you know. Well, there's lots of pictures of me naked, but. Right. <laughs> not on a catwalk. <laughs> but there's something around, like, you start looking at other people's bodies and thinking like, everybody's a good body, right? Yeah, and we've all got you know bits I mean? and we've all got different bits. All of it. Nothing's wrong. Yeah. So maybe on this swingers cruise, like, maybe there's a there's a body positive aspect to it. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. As well as like awakening your genitals. <laughs> on this week's show, we'll be talking to the model, podcaster and businesswoman who famously said recently at Oxford University, it's refreshing to be here tonight and not have to take my clothes off. The last time I saw her, we were in the back of a black cab drinking and sharing disaster stories about our very toxic ex-partners. It's Megan Barton Hansen! Hey! How are you both? Good. Good. How are you? Good, thank you. I want to know what your toxic stories were. (laughs) We were both very young. And I have so many toxic exes. But I think, I don't know, I think it's because it was my first relationship with a woman and I definitely allowed way too much just because she was a woman. (laughs) 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 Which I wouldn't have allowed with guys. I would have nipped that straight in the bud. (laughs) Why would you allow a bit more from a woman? I think because I was so, so wanting a female relationship and I loved the sex and I loved being with a woman and the dynamic of being with a woman, but it just got very catty and very spicy. And if a man ever said these spicy things to me, he would be gone within an instant. But because it was a girl, I was like, I made exceptions. Yeah. I like the sex. We've all done it, (laughs) surely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Megan, let's talk because you were recently on the boobs documentary for Channel 4 and you talked on the documentary about being a sex worker is the most powerful job you can do as a woman. Can you just expand on that? Because I thought that was really interesting and I'd love to hear yeah, more of your thoughts on that. Yeah, I just feel like it's an incredibly brave thing to do as a man or a woman. I think in society, there's such stigma and shame around anyone that works in the sex industry, whether that's a glamour model, someone who's just got another job and their side hustle is OnlyFans, or someone who's actually like a porn actress. I think you just get tarred with the same brush as like, oh, you must have had a really bad childhood. You must not be academic. Oh, what a shame that you've had to like scrape the barrel to make money. And it's your only hope. And it's so wrong and such an old fashioned, like archaic view. So many people in the sex industry are so intelligent, like business minded. So, yeah, I just think it is really brave to do it, especially when you're going to be judged so harshly, whether we like it or not. Like we're moving in the right direction and OnlyFans is becoming more socially acceptable. But there still is a lot of stigma around it and a lot of judgment. Like certain TV channels won't work with me now. And yeah, it is it's something that you've got to really think about before you get into, I think, because of other people's judgment. You were doing webcamming before you were doing Love Island, right? Yeah. Do you think your boundaries are different now compared to what you were doing on for webcamming before Love Island and now you've got this big following? Do you think you'd still be doing the same kind of thing or have your boundaries changed? My boundaries have definitely changed and I feel like I did cave in to society and before I went on Love Island, I had OnlyFans then and it was the production team that said, look, this is a family show. 
I don't think you should have this. It's not good for your image. It's not good for the show's image on ITV. So I got rid of, begrudgingly, got rid of OnlyFans because I thought, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to make serious money if I keep my OnlyFans. What kind of content were you putting on before Love Island? Similar, but I'd done implied nude. So I'd be fully naked, but it wasn't like legs open, seeing everything. It was just, mm. I would be fully nude. Whereas now, I draw the line at just topless. Just because mm. I feel like I've already been shamed enough by the press and I've already shot myself in the foot. I think me being stubborn and saying, no, I am going to get OnlyFans back because there was a long time when I thought, if I get it back, I'm never going to work in TV again. My mm. career is going to be over. But it wasn't until I started doing talks around the country and like championing sex work. And then I thought, what a hypocrite. I'm championing it and saying it's fine to do and we should do it. And then I come off of it myself because of a producer had told me to. Mm. So I got it back. And it has definitely ruined some relationships with certain brands and stuff. But I just think mm. it's what I believe in. And it's my main income. And I love doing it. I do feel empowered. I love doing the shoots. So I wouldn't change it. And you were doing um, a debate at Oxford University recently. Mm. Uh, this house welcomes a new era of porn, but... I mean, it's Oxford University, so I think any porn is always welcome. Uh, what, what does, so what for you is a new era of porn? What does the new era of porn look like? I feel like growing up, porn was always for the male gaze and really was about male pleasure. It wasn't really about the woman climaxing or orgasming. It was all about the man. And I think as times have changed, it is more about women's pleasure and respecting the woman I think a lot of porn when I grew up and I first started watching it was always very like demeaning and like the women weren't I don't know they're quite submissive they weren't powerful and now I watch porn and it's like there's new people like Erica Last who is a porn producer and she's really trying to change it and she is changing the industry like filming women for women focusing on women's pleasure and inclusive of all different ages, body types, not that whole stereotypical, like, I don't know, playboy image that you see. Because I don't know about you, but when I watch porn, I can't watch porn that is so scripted. Like, I obviously search lesbian porn. I like girls. And that's so fake and clinical. You can tell the girls aren't gay or even bisexual or like each other. And it's all for the male gaze. And I just think, oh, it's so old-fashioned. So I think the new era of porn is really focusing on women's pleasure, which has never been spoken about really before. And you were speaking about consent in sex education as well during the debates. So how is that reflected in new era porn? Do you think that sex education and consent is uh, reflected? Because there's, uh, again, the argument that only feminists already watch feminist porn. But I think, you know, is there more on OnlyFans where you've got people talking more about consent and, and educating people, do you think? Yeah, definitely. And I just feel like the new era of porn, like there's a lot of verified amateurs. So it's like real life couples, real gay couples, straight couples having sex and they're in like a loving relationship. So I think it just shows young people more, not necessarily speaking about consent, but it just shows a more healthy, normal sex life as opposed to what I grew up watching on porn, where women would be in like their hair grabbed and choked and stuff. And young boys think that that's absolutely normal to do. And that's not an accurate representation of sex. But if you've grown up from, I don't know, 15, 16, that's the only porn you've been shown is when women are getting choked and 
spanked and their hair pulled, you're going to think that that's normal and that's what everyone does. And I think that's the biggest message we need to preach to, especially young boys and young girls, that that's not normal. You don't have to do that. And obviously you need consent. Why do you think the proposition didn't pass? I think a lot of people have the view that any kind of porn is just toxic and not good and one of the opposing sides said we should just ban porn completely which I think is so unrealistic because if we done that it's only going to get more unsolicited Mm. and like go on the dark web and be even more seedy and at least now there's some boundaries and rules like not saying they're perfect yeah totally yeah and you're also a columnist for vice aren't you so in a way you've sort of rebranded as I wouldn't really even say agony aunt I suppose almost like big sister who's very sexually liberated almost the big sister that we all kind of wish we had growing up you know who can talk unapologetically about your pleasure yeah I just feel like there was no one growing up that I could really relate to and there was a period of time when I must have been like year nine year ten so I don't know what age that is like I don't know 15 16 maybe And I got pressured by a boy older than me to send a video of me masturbating. Luckily, I didn't. But he was like, oh, you're so so young. I bet you haven't even done it. So I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I have. That went round the school and I was slut shamed horrifically. And I was too embarrassed to tell my mum why I wanted to move school. I didn't want to say, oh, mum, it's because I've been masturbating. And now this guy's shouting about it around school. And I just felt so alone and this sense of shame for years and years. And I thought there was no one really in the public eye that I could like look up to or think, oh, no, it is normal if women do that. Boys can do that. Why can't women? And I think it kind of snowballed. I never went on Love Island and thought when I come out, I want to be this person shouting from the rooftops about women's pleasure and sex toys. But I think it's needed. And if there wasn't women like Amber Rose talking about Mm. female pleasure and Lily Allen with her sex toy, I think this is so needed because I did feel so alone as a young girl. So it's just kind of snowballed from people asking me questions and how I dealt with it. And it was impossible to answer like all my DMs on OnlyFans or Instagram. So that's why I started the podcast. Because mm. I never saw these conversations. I don't know about you guys, but when I was growing up, there was no, no conversations around women's pleasure or working in the sex industry or just sex in general. It's interesting because I feel we have lots of unlearning to do because we grew up in you know it's obviously different now for kind of Gen Z who are growing up and you know there's so many more people who are more open about sex you know you go on Instagram and people are doing ads for sex toys and stuff which was just like unheard of 10 years ago yeah but for us the generation that didn't grow up with that we've got so much unlearning to do in terms of you know getting rid of the shame I think you know it's so great what you're doing because it's visibility is important um, and also it's not like you're saying that you get an easy you get an easy ride because you don't but I guess the whole point of being liberated is basically being like well I don't care if I'm disappointing you as long as I'm doing things that are best for myself that's the most important thing you know I think it's great that that's what you do and actually in a way you know authenticity sells Yeah, definitely. I feel like if you're just your authentic self, you can't go wrong. People are going to judge you whether you try and be the funniest person, the most, I don't know, socially acceptable person, don't step out of the lines at all. You're always going to be judged. So I just think I've just got to live for me. Mm. And how, how hard is that? It is difficult sometimes. Like whatever I do, I feel is criticized. And the hardest thing was keeping my whole like bisexual thing quiet. So I auditioned for Love Island the year before. They asked me to come and I mentioned that I like girls and if anything, was probably more into girls at this point. 
And then they was like, oh, okay, perfect. And I got through and they was like, yeah, we might call you. Never did. And then they asked to interview me again the next year. And I was like, oh, well, I put plans on hold for this love island. Didn't happen. So maybe I won't mention the girls. And then I come out and had all the headlines slut-shaming me for my like sex work past, the plastic surgery, my appearance stuff. And I thought, oh, God, now the last thing I want to do is be like papped with a girl and say I'm bisexual because people are just, just going to give them something else to say and sexualize it, I thought. So I was like kind of in a weird space with that for a minute. And then I thought, oh, no, I'm just going to – I have to be me. Like I don't want to live my life for other people. So then I came out and was like, on Slebs Go Dating, I was like, no, find me some fit girls, please. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a partner in the end. Yeah, I did. Is <laughs> it a lot of pressure to keep the relationship going? Yeah, it was tricky because I had only had like casual relationships with girls. I hadn't had a long-term relationship with a woman. So I was still very like early exploring my own sexuality and I didn't know like how I label myself, whether I'd say like, oh, I was just like dabbling, experimenting with girls or I was bisexual. So it wasn't. And then when I started going on dates with girls, I feel like when you're exploring, if you go on a date and you're not attracted to them, you start questioning like, oh, my God, am I even attracted to girls? But it's the same as going on like a heterosexual date. Not every straight man you're going to fancy. So, yeah, there was a lot of pressure. I think I went on about like six or seven dates and. I didn't actually end up with a girl from the show. It was a girl I met after and I was questioning. I was like, am I even bisexual? Who knows? <laughs> I was like, where is this girl for me? <laughs> but I can confirm oh. I definitely am. <laughs> it feels like such a double standard because none of the guys get that kind of thing. Like none of the guys get this kind of like intense gaze afterwards on their dating life. Like how do you cope with that? I know it's tricky and it really winds me up. I think especially because my age group, like late 20s, there is so much pressure and it's like people see it as me failing, I feel, if I can't maintain or find a relationship. But it's not about winning or losing or failing. It's like I'm not going to settle just because there's such pressure from society to be like, oh, you're approaching 30, quick, settle down, be the social norm. Like I don't want to do that. I'm not going to settle and I'm I'm financially independent. I'm happy by myself. I can like travel the world and do everything I could in a couple alone. So I try not to let that get to me. But it is, it's weird. Men are like champion for being seen with a new model or a new girl each week. But me as a woman, if I got seen with five people, oh my God, I'm the biggest slut ever. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was actually going to ask, how can men support women being slut shamed? And ca- how can women help support other women being slut-shamed? That's a tricky one. I don't know. I feel like I get more trolling and more hate in my DMs from other women. But I think that's more... That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but I feel like it's more of a their issue. Do you know what I mean? Because maybe there's a part of them deep down that would love to be as liberated and free and be like, do you know what? I want to have more than five sexual partners in my lifetime and shout about and be liberated, but they can't because of their friendship groups or their family. So they don't like to see me do the opposite. I don't know. Yeah, they're projecting. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like men... I feel like men are watching different porn now. I think with this new era of porn, there really is so much more than the old, like the old school kind of like dominating women 
that kind of stuff obviously there's still a market for that out there but I feel like people are more into watching like healthy couples have sex and I think that just like shares a better image of what sex should be like rather than like demeaning women and belittling women when you do sort of get trolled by women like what kind of things are people saying they love to tell me um they're like oh you'll never get a husband you'll never get settled down people aren't gonna want you you're such a slut aren't you embarrassed and just stuff like that those all sound like positives to me (laughs) sorry why am I bothered that sounds great you're free do you know what I mean you're free from the restraints that I mean, in terms of obviously, because we live in such a patriarchal society, we can only be free of, you know, certain bits. But in a lot of ways, you're free in the sense of, you know, you're free to live your truth the way you want to live it. There's so much shame that we have to navigate through. And shame is, you know, I talk about shame being like matter. It has to go somewhere. And a lot of the time it goes on other people because we don't deal with our own shame. So it's, you know, I think what you're doing probably for a lot of people is aspirational. But do you see yourself as someone that's aspirational? Are you like, oh my God, I'm I'm the Oprah of OnlyFans, guys. <laughs> like, do you see yourself as <laughs> someone who's, do you know what I mean? Like the way that your, I suppose your career trajectory has kind has changed quite a lot from being on Love Island to now being a voice. Yeah, it's definitely like the best thing that's ever happened to me. I think before, the whole reason I went on Love Island, I was at a crossroads in my life. Like I was working in the sex industry, making good money. And I put so much importance on making money because I come from a really like working class background. And I had this money and I still wasn't happy. And I was like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I getting up for in the morning? And it wasn't until I turned the negative of all the shit I got from Love Island into a positive. And I was like, no, let me be that voice for people. I don't want another 15, 16 year old girl feeling embarrassed that she can't tell her parents why she wants to move school because she's being slut shamed. Um, So it's kind of snowballed from that. But no, I do. Like, I I feel like I have a purpose now. And when I speak about things I'm passionate about, even if it's only helped one person, then I feel like I'm doing something positive. But yeah, it was never near really like the game plan. It just kind of happened. But I'm so thankful it did. Because I can't remember before me, I can't remember any other reality or any other influence of promoting sex toys. And I remember when they asked me to do it, I thought, oh my God, is this like a bit too far? What are my grandparents going to say? But it's the best thing I ever done. <laughs> and I think it's so needed. Women need to speak about their pleasure for years we've just been like putting men's before our own and being very performative in the bedroom for men. And it's about time. I was like, yeah, we love sex too. And I think it's so healthy to explore your own body before it is to even start having sex with men or other partners. Amen to that. What was the other road? What was the other road at the crossroads? So if you hadn't have got the call from Love Island, what do you think your life would be like now? I th- I genuinely think I would go back to just a normal job. I don't know. I just thought, for a bit anyway, I probably would have come back to the sex industry, but it just wasn't making me happy. It was very unsociable hours. And I'd done two years in the strip club. I'd done webcam for about three years, and it does get quite repetitive. Um, I, was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, it's just that whenever someone says, someone's going to be listening to this and going, yeah, sex work, it is hard after two years. And we're all just like, it's the admin. It's just a bit boring. <laughs> and once you've done it for two years, it's just a bit repetitive. There's only so many times I can do the same lap dance. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. My thighs were chafing at one point. And in the summer, it's hard work. I used to come upstairs sweating. 
It's like a full blown yeah. workout. It's hard. It's not an easy job, guys. <laughs> I quit sex work because I couldn't find any air conditioning. There was no free parking. It was a bit boring by the end. It's like, oh yeah, you must have been so abused. Oh my god, yeah, because I was chafing between my thighs. <laughs> now we can't have someone who's been on OnlyFans without asking the typical OnlyFans question: What's been your weirdest requests who what have been the dms that have slid in that you wanted to slide right back out again <laughs> i love them though i'm all for it i love someone that just owns their kinks like i have so many weird requests so one guy wants me to film as if he's a bug and i'm crushing him which i've never <laughs> done before <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, he's willing to pay big money if I set up my camera on the floor and he wants me to put preferably like boots on of some kind and pretend to crush him like he's under the soles of my feet like a small bug. <laughs> so that would be fun. Nice. <laughs> nice. You got to make sure you do the little like swirly maneuver as well. Just really like, oh, yeah. you're not quite as squashed as I want you to be. <laughs> okay, sis. I may have done a couple of ones out there someone wrote me an email saying oh um because they wanted like oh can you video yourself squashing a bug and I'm like I'm not going to squash an actual animal so the nearest I got was a lint chocolate bunny such good thinking <laughs> but when they say crush they just want you to step on it or what like I don't get like what naked or what I don't think it even has to be naked I think they just like to feel small and like you're powerful and like crushing them I think <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I'm oh going to take this from you. <laughs> cream cakes as well. Cream cakes is a good one because you get all the cream between your toes and you can just tell them to lick that out. Oh, my God. Stealing that as well. I need to take notes. <laughs> you need to give me like weekly like instructions of what to do. I love this. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I be like celebrity? OnlyFans consultant. I can do that. Oh, love it. Oh, it's turned from interviewing the Megan Barton Hansen to my fucking job interview. Brilliant. <laughs> we did talk to someone recently as well. We were talking to Sarah Jane Dunn. So I do have one last question, which has anyone ever asked you to rate their dick? Yeah, it's quite a common thing. <laughs> <laughs> have you? Yeah, for the right tip. Yeah, I'll, I'll open no. them. <laughs> no, no unsolicited dick pics, though. Oh, well, Megan, you've been wonderful. Oh, thank you. I've loved chatting to you girls. This hasn't felt like a podcast it's felt like just like when you go and get a coffee with your friends i love it or when you go and get a, a coffee with your celebrity only fans consultant <laughs> i'll bring my notepad <laughs> <laughs> mary i love meg oh she was good wasn't she i feel like i want to step into this new era of porn <laughs> i can tell every time we talk to I'm someone into it. like i'm in the wrong job honestly i'm like hold on a minute i can step and crush you like a bug and mm -hmm. then go to the caribbean just from doing that <laughs> I mean, look, it does help, though, that, you know, if you've spent eight weeks on Love Island previously, that that helps to bring up the the following, I think. True. 
But I thought it was really interesting what she's saying about how when you're growing up and you feel like there's no there's no one there to to be your role, role model and everything and you know and I was trying to think well you know I'm not saying that she was the first person to talk about sex toys on social media or anything like that but it's it's like yeah when we were growing up like it was only sort of page three and you you know you had dodgy sex education cartoons at school and yeah, you know. uh, well, I had Sex in the City and Secret Diary of a Cool Girl. Yeah. You know I mean? that, yeah. That, and that I would watch, you know, my parents were, they'd do like an omnibus on a Sunday or whatever on ITV2. My parents would be at church and I'd be there like watching it and being so fascinated. We had Judy Bloom. Oh, we did had you? one book in the school library, one Judy Bloom book that had a sex. Oh my God, passage. Judy Bloom. <laughs> and that went round the whole <laughs> school. It was just that one page that was crinkled. <laughs> I think you're you're getting far too inspired to go and be a a, a content creator on one of these platforms. So my my only question to you would be, would you rate my dick? I, listen, I would rate that dick all day, right? A thousand percent. I'm rating your dick, and I'm getting paid. Ow! Ow! <laughs> let's go and let's go and see what our listeners would say. Yeah, come on, let's go. Jackie. Miri. It's time for my favourite part. Oh, what part is it? It's where I delve into my massive sack. (laughs) (laughs) I reach out and I pull out a listener story. Everyone was really worried about what I was going to say then, as you should. (laughs) (laughs) This week we asked our fabulous listeners how they discovered their fetish. Oh, I can't wait for this. I know. Um, Now I do have to add the small caveat um, of how people discovered their fetish as an adult so it's all very above board and over 80 yes yes that's how we like it safe safe consensual (laughs) so um number one this comes from sam Mm -hmm. and they say it took me way too long to realize i love having my toes sucked and pampered oh have you had your toe sucks yeah do you like it yeah Yeah? i love it yeah don't you i've never had my toe sucked before no no i would like to though Back to Sam, and they say all those people out there who get squeamish don't know what they're missing. One moment my boyfriend was just rubbing my toes, and the next they were in his mouth, and I gagged. After the initial shock and a lot of reassurance that he wanted to wrap his tongue around my filthy digits, I settled back and loved it. Oh, hope you do too, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That just sounds so nice and like warm and squishy. Doesn't it? Yeah. So I have a list here Mm. from Nicola. I have never found anyone to be weird with. And it's not weird. And it's not about, weird isn't even the right word, is it? No. Kinky. 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 Yeah, kinky. And I've always wanted to explore all my different fantasies. And to be honest, I lead a really dry vanilla life. So here are a list of things that are my weird fetishes. Nicola, they're not weird fetishes, but let's go. Come eating. Oh. I love watching men eat their cum off me. Nice. Okay. Yep. Yep. Clean, healthy, gives them all the protein and nutrients they need for the day. <laughs> I didn't even 
even know this was a thing. <laughs> I am late to the party. Wow. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I like to make the guys do that. Do you? Yeah. Often after they've spunked on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> also, cuckolding. Yeah. Clothing destruction. Oh. I really enjoyed shredding people's clothes and tearing them. <laughs> Like in the midst of lovemaking or just so. as a kind of clear wardrobe clear out? I think so. I, I guess like ripping your clothes during, or maybe just like cutting up people's expensive clothes or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and finally, I really enjoy having sex limp. Sex what? Sex limp. Oh, what limping Limp plays after? really hot. What's limp play? I'm not. Uh, Google. <laughs> limp play. Here we go. Let's see. It's a way of walking after being boofed, which I imagine is Oh, fucked. yeah. Right. Right. Uh, um, so this one's from Shay, and uh, she says, not the kinkiest of settings, but I broke my heel and twisted my ankle when out walking with my sub in town. Like that. Oh, like on a little collar and chain. Oh. oh. Uh, we had to sit at a bus stop where, like a good, well-trained boy, he took my shoes off and put my feet on his lap for a massage to help the pet. Good boy. That is a good boy. Well done. All very normal, but then I told him to kiss my feet as well. Can you imagine that? So he's sitting at a bus stop and you see someone with their bare feet on someone else's lap and he starts kissing them. Shay says, I loved making him blush as he had to do it in public. I definitely found my love of exhibitionism and showed the world how much power I have over my boy. Oh! oh Shay! Love a little power trip. Love it. I feel like... Toes and feet is a common theme in it today's is. listener stories. Yeah. Oh, I've got a really interesting one, actually. Mm. Claire has said, I, I do camming. And when I first got started, I got some fake gym gear to wear on cam. Nice. Good. I like, I like that kind of, I'm going to get my wardrobe sorted and get on there. And I also love that it's not real gym gear. Yeah. Fuck the gym. I'm going to spend my time camming. <laughs> You're my kind of girl, Claire. <laughs> and she says, sadly, my real sports bras are super duper industrial strength. So I've got some cute strappy athletic bras that double D girls can only dream of. Oh, nice. It was a pretty popular look, but the bras quickly died of exhaustion. But I really enjoyed wearing fake gym gear on cam. It kind of turned me on. Nothing wrong with a uniform. Yeah, I yeah. love uniform. Yeah. Do you know what I really like? I like when a bloke is basically dressed like Bob the Builder, but naked with like the toolkit round. <sighs> and then I'm like, can you fix my radiator? <laughs> and then he knows what to do. I love it. Is he wearing dungarees as well? No or is dungarees. It just the tool belt. Tool belt, straight up naked. Wow. And then you know, like when you're getting something built in a house, and then you get the builders, and they come with that big, what's it, the big thing that's got the uh, the bill? No, <laughs> no, not the bill. The thing that they used to measure. It's like a. It's got like a spirit level. That's the one. Spirit level. Spirit level. Yeah. So when they whip it out and they're measuring that, it's really hard. <laughs> I love it. And then like their hands are a bit like covered in paint a little bit because, you know, they've just been like fixing and painting and restoring things. That yeah. turns me on. Wow. Your dad's going to be so pleased with you. <laughs> the father, the son and the Holy Spirit level. Oh, 
<laughs> I love all that stuff. Spirit, what's it called? Spirit level. 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 Yeah, there we go. Holy Spirit. <laughs> love it. But we want to hear your listener stories. Yes, so we do. We have got coming up, we want to hear about your finest food and foreplay moments. <laughs> have you licked something juicy off someone's body or Ooh. out of their body? Oh. Yeah. Tell us all about it. Whether it's lovely, delicious, or just a little bit gross, you know us by now. <laughs> Send it in to smutdrop at metro.co.uk. Slide into our DMs. You know what to do already come on you're a regular and if you want to hear the ones we love remember to subscribe right now and of course don't forget voice notes we want to hear your lovely voices mm, definitely i've been miranda kane and i've been jackie Adadeji. smut drop was produced by pineapple audio production for metro.co.uk and please make sure to tell us how much you really love us and leave us a review in the meantime we're going to be back to what prick up your, your ears. ears next week <laughs>